0: Hi, honey.
1: Hi, sweetheart.
0: Welcome back.
1: Thank you. To
0: the studio. Welcome, Ransomed Heart podcast listeners, John Eldridge, Stacy Eldridge here, joining us again on the podcast. Hope you enjoyed our summer series that we featured on the Sacred Romance. You now, we got a lot of good feedback on that, and if you missed it, you might want to go back and listen to some of that because it was really rich. And today, we thought we'd do is just open up our journals to you and talk about some things that Jesus has been speaking to us about through our summer. Summer is a time here where it's a little slower pace at Ransomed Heart, and we try and intentionally... You know, let the staff take their summer vacations and we take ours and we get a little Sabbath time away. And and that creates some room. And I just am so amazed how every time I create room, God steps in like he seizes it and talks – to me about stuff. Brings... He
1: loves it when we make room for him. Doesn't he? Yes.
0: And I know the same was true for you, that this summer, as we created a little bit of breathing room, some Sabbath space, God came into it and spoke and raised a, a number of things for us, with us, in us. So we thought we'd share that with you.
1: I wanted to start by saying, since it's kind of back to school The way my time with God started was him reminding me that there's good ahead, not to just be looking backwards and to just be kind of lost in memory Mm -hmm. and remembrance Mm -hmm. and the sweet times that are behind me, but to know his good heart that there is good things ahead and that when I do that – that looking back, not just remembering, but with this this subtle belief that the best times of my life are over, mm-hmm. that I rob him of giving me the good gifts of the future. And right. I'm really aware that there's families out there now who are entering into the empty nest or children are going back to school or, you know, there's change going on. Yep. And there is colors starting to shift. And there there yeah. is the difference in the fragrance. And I just want to echo what he said to my heart was, there is a good coming. There is a great good coming mm. always. Mm. And we can trust him for that.
0: That's really good because we have a family tradition in the Eldridge House. We have been taking a trip to the Tetons. And this summer was our 19th year. Wasn't it?
1: It was, and we really like it, but you shouldn't go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. It's an ugly place. Lots of mosquitoes.
1: Just kidding. Um, Just but kidding.
0: It, it's a place that's filled with tradition and memory for us yes. because we began camping there when our boys were four years old. Right. Luke was four. And <laughs> canoeing and fishing, swimming, all that. But things have changed, and we now have two sons who are married and we have a senior in college, and Luke was not home this summer. He stayed in Spokane and worked. And so even just going, even the trip going, it wasn't the whole family together. We met there, but even going there wasn't the same, driving. Right. And Jesus really caught my heart when he said, allow things to change.
1: Ah, oh, that's so important.
0: Allow things to change. Like, it's going to be a little different this year, you know, and— our sons with their wives, you know, they're enjoying the family time, but they also want a little time by themselves. Of course. You know? so they want to go off in the evening or go do their own thing. And you just have to bless that. Like, you have to bless change.
1: Yes. Okay. Just, that's enough right there. Just hold on to that. That's gold. Bless the change. You know, it's always changing. It's always a new season. And if we try to hold on to what was, we miss what is.
0: I know that for most of us, it's kind of a psychological principle that all change is initially perceived, experienced as loss. Mm -hmm. And I had to let that go or it would have tainted our family trip to the mountains and just accept like, yeah, things are changing and that's good. That's good. And I bless it and I welcome welcome what we do have this year.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So as you look back on the summer, what would you say was was one of the biggies?
1: Oh, I have the biggie. And it was my heart's desire entering into the summer. I had two big requests. The second one being asking God what he wanted to do together next. What was next for us? And he never answered that. He still hasn't answered that. And as you have told me, that that's a really good thing because God doesn't want the leaping ahead. He wants me here in now.
0: The, in the present moment.
1: Right. Yeah. And he'll get there. He'll answer that. I don't have to worry about it. But the first biggest request was to know his heart, to know him as father more deeply than I than I have. Mm. And what has been beautiful is he planted that desire in my heart. He's the one that put that desire there to Mm. know him that way because he wants to reveal himself to me that way. Mm. And he has, he has. I feel like I have scratched the limitless, boundless extravagance of his love and it has undone me. Mm. I don't want to leave it. We're in it. Can't change it. Can't earn it. He is love. But to really experience it, know it, sit with it, be saturated in it, delighted by it.
0: How did he get you there? Like, what did he bring into your summer? Like, how did that happen? You're describing the fruit of an experience. Yes.
1: Well, we mentioned in a previous podcast that I was getting the gift of time away two full weeks away. And I'm a person that is rejuvenated alone. So I went by myself alone. I know that doesn't sound swell to a lot of people, but it's swell to me. And I just needed God. I kind of crawled into the summer, really depleted and Just wanting his heart, wanting to know him, wanting to encounter him and have intimate times with him in worship and prayer and rest, took a lot of naps. And then going on adventures with him. We went to the ocean. So going to the beach, going long walks, just in beauty and in rest and in pursuing his heart. And in times of worship, mm-hmm. times in the Word. And having extended times, which I love. No no time constraints. Mm-hmm. Just hours and hours and hours and hours and hours every day. And if something was interesting to me, I would pursue it. And the beauty and the gifts and asking for the eyes to see because there were beautiful gifts all around me that took me days before I could recognize them.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: And then just knowing – You know, praying and he would bring up things from my past, inviting healing in those things and memories of times and realizing, John, even before I was a Christian, I would go to the ocean and be replenished there. and Just get focused, a renewed sense of purpose, strength, and to realize that was him all along. Mm. It's always been him. Every good gift throughout my life Mm. and those that are listening, it's always been him Mm. loving, pursuing, wooing, delighting over us, calling us. So I think it's um, pursuing him, making the room, and then it's revelation. He answered my prayer to know him Mm. better, Mm. more deeply as as my dad.
0: And you were reading – a really simple book on the Father's heart. That...
1: So good. By Sylvia Gunter called Safe in the Father's Heart. That was it. That was my reading material for basically the whole summer. And going slowly through it, I think that she has a real revelation of who the Father is mm. through her own journey. And praying, wanting to know. And it's very highlighted, this book. I really recommend it.
0: It's a simple little book. Self-published. Right.
1: Self-published little book. Right.
0: But if you get on...
1: You can get on Amazon. You can get it. You can get it through their ministry called The Father's Business.
0: Yeah. Sylvia Gunter. Yes. Many
1: will be familiar with her, but safe in the Father's heart.
0: Yeah. I know that meant a lot to you Mm -hmm, this summer. mm -hmm. That's so good. That's so good.
1: Honey, what about you?
0: It feels like there were several things that God was doing this summer. And one of the things was such a simple act with such profound ramifications, I want to share it with our friends because you might benefit from it. Early in the summers, we were beginning to get a little bit of Sabbath, a little bit of breathing room. He said, I want you to practice stillness three times a day. And by stillness, what he meant was not praying, not worshiping, not reading, not studying scripture, not making to-do lists, literally nothing. I remember hearing Dallas Willard say, the soul needs to do nothing. Mm. There are times where the soul just needs to do nothing. Yes. And so I would simply sit outside if I could. If the weather was good or indoors if it was cold or a rainy day. But just sit. for Five minutes sometimes longer, 20, and literally just practice stillness. And I would do it in the morning when I got up, after my prayers and often after breakfast, I would just set aside, okay, here's my stillness time. Mm. And then I would do it again around lunchtime and just very intentionally say, okay, now is my stillness time. And then I would do it again in the evening. And the impact the fruit of that it's almost difficult to describe it is so healing you're going to have to try it <laughs> you're going to have to give it a go like to practice actual stillness and it takes it takes a little getting used to because at first you know you're fidgety and you're restless and you know don't
1: thoughts come rushing oh, in oh my
0: gosh all of your stuff your addictions, your compulsions, you start thinking about, oh, I got to call that person back and, oh, I need to make that list and, oh, I forgot to, you know, mail that thing and and you just gently let all that go. You just go, yeah, I'm just practicing stillness right now. I got lots more day to get back to those things. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of gently let it go. Now, you don't make lists. Don't do anything with it. You just kind of ignore it and as you get used to it, it gets easier to do Okay. and then Like that was one of the spiritual kind of practices of the summer. But I'm staying with it. Mm -hmm. Even though my life is, you know, back into full gear now, I need that. I need it desperately. And it made me aware of constant agitation we live in. We just live in the constant. There's something constantly. There's always noise, always, you know, Conversation, dialogue, something on the TV. There's always getting in your car, going somewhere, walking in. You're immediately engaging people, stores, shopping, groceries. The constancy is so draining on our souls. And the simple act of stillness was so rejuvenating. And again, I wasn't I wasn't praying. I wasn't even listening prayer. I was just being still. You know, I'd look at an aspen leaf. I would just look out, you know, over the yard, or if I'm inside, I would just look at the grain of wood on the table, like literally just be still. And then that did prepare my soul, yes, to hear from God, yes, to go into some of the other deeper lessons, which I want to share.
1: I could see the fruit in your life. The could fruit. you? Oh, absolutely. The stillness permeated then. It had an effect on your soul, on your countenance, on the way you carried yourself, what you brought. There is a deepening peace, a sense of rest. Yay! Yeah.
0: (laughs) Somebody else saw it. That's good. My wife saw it. That's really good. Yeah. That's the proof right there. I want to unpack some of the other things that God was doing this summer. But honestly, if I could give our listeners a gift, these two things, the Father's heart from your summer, Mm -hmm. huge and stillness, the simple act of stillness and thus the restoration of the soul. And we're going to pause, let that be today's podcast and pick it up in part two next time to share a few more things that Jesus has been speaking to us about. Thanks for listening in on the Ransomed Heart Podcast. This has been John and Stacey Eldridge.